What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 28 of Calling All Crap Beer. My name is Luke. I am your host. And damn, it is good to be here today. It has been one of them days, and I am ready to do this show. I'm telling you what. It has been... Uh, uh, I don't even know what to tell you guys. Like, You'll find out as the, as the uh, show goes on. Whoops, sorry. I'm knocking stuff over down there what today was all about. I mean, I have a rant of all rants just to let you guys know as a parent, Woo, man, am I ready? So let's talk about beer first. So I am right in front of me right now, unopened. I'm about to crack open a Hubbard's cave, fresh one hop mosaic, double IPA canned on 731. I am, you guys have no clue. Like I am thrilled that I actually came across this at my local Total Wine today. Total Wine has been up in their game big time in terms of craft brews and stuff like that lately. The one up in Tampa when I was up there a few weeks back actually had the triple, um, the uh, Hubbard's Cave triple in stock. And I was like, whoa, like that's crazy. I haven't seen Hubbard's Cave ever in Florida. So now to see it coming down here even further south, it's pretty awesome. So I actually made a trip to Total Wine today and picked up a couple brews from Untitled Art. Um, picked up a Foreign Objects, Soul and Gemini, Batch 2. Picked up two of these, literally the last two that were in stock of this Fresh One Hop Mosaic I double IPA from Hubbard's Cave. And I picked up a Prairie, um, Prairie Ales Phantasmagoria, which I will talk about. Um, it's a double IPA all on the show today. So let's dive into this Hubbard's Cave Fresh One Hop Mosaic IPA. I believe in the past I have had this same brew, but in, uh, I want to say, I believe that I had the Citra. I'm not a hundred percent sure. So We'll, I'll have to get back to you guys on a later episode and let you know exactly what that was. But this, the only thing that set me off a little bit weird about this one is that when you look at some of the reviews, it talks about it being peppery. And I'm kind of like, I'm not a, I don't know if I'm a big fan of peppery beer, but let's see what we got. I literally just cracked the can. You heard me on the show and I just poured it into my LA Ale Works 16 ounce snifter right here. So let's see what we got. The uh, it doesn't have a lot of head, but the um, initial nose is a little just is, is earthy. I'm getting like an earthiness. I'm not getting much of anything else. Oh, <laughs> snorted it a tad. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm getting an earthiness. I'm not getting a lot of hot profile. I'm not getting a lot of juiciness. I'm not getting a lot of any other f- smells. But I'm getting some earthiness. So let's see what we got on the first taste here. Yep. Definitely taste how it smells. I'm getting an earthiness. Um, no pepper, which is good. And now, granted, that could always come later. Um, definitely a little citrus. Um, I 
yeah, you know, a little citrus. It's a little bitter, but it has a, a, a nice creamy mouthfeel as all Hubbard's Cave um, fresh series typically do. Um, but I would say if I had to give it a one word definition right now, earthy is what I would say. It's definitely got an earthiness to it. And what I mean by that is kind of like a, a heavy, um, it's a weighted, like, it's not even malty. It's hard to really explain. Um, But it's very, very good. I'm enjoying it. So let's kick off the show with some of these reviews. So today, I'm deep, guys. I had one of those days. A lot going on. um, And we'll get into that a little bit later. But let's start. So I started today off. First um, can out of the box was my very last King Sue from Toppling Goliath. Phenomenal brew, 7.8% ABV, double IPA. Um, just love it. I had a four-pack that I picked up from ABC for the Hurricane. That was my last can of the four-pack. Hit that. Got myself going. Then uh, the uh, second brew on the day was a Ruination 2.0 double IPA Excuse me, from Stone, which is also the last one of my Hurricane pack. 8.5% double IPA both great brews you know nothing fantastic nothing you know crazy but let's get into the new ones so of my total wine experience today I picked up a Phantasmagoria which is a double IPA from um, Prairie Artisan Ales and it was terrible and let me explain to you why I don't think the actual brew is terrible I do believe that I don't know if the date on the can was a drink by date or what it was. You know, a lot of companies, unfortunately, don't always put the can date. They put like a drink by date, like goodbye, fresh by, but it doesn't always say that. So the date on the can was 5 6 19, which would have been May 6, 2019. And it just tasted like a stale IPA. It tasted like a the hops had turned. It wasn't like. You know, it didn't taste bitter. I mean, it didn't taste um, rancid or anything like that. It was drinkable, but it was just, it didn't have any flavors. There was nothing to distinguish it from any other IPA I've ever drank. It was just very, very basic. And, you know, it just had a, like, stale bitterness to it. There wasn't a whole lot going on. I don't really have anything good to say about it. I, you know, rated it. A 3.0 on untapped only because of the experience that I have with this particular can. It may have been, like I said, just a bad can, a stale can. You know, it's unfortunately in, in stores like Total Wine, things like that, you do run across, you know, some stale IPAs a lot, unfortunately. So I've actually gotten really great deals on beer by taking a chance on buying stuff that was probably outdated and a lot of times I end up regretting it <laughs> but I end up getting it for half you know half off or whatever the case may be so but it just wasn't good you know I, I'm bummed because I you know Prairie has a phenomenal reputation a lot of people have talked about their brewers 
and it's just not something that you would normally hear that prairie, a prairie brew was bad but this one was just old it was just stale it didn't have anything about it that would make me want to try it again unless i was able to go to like the brewery and get like a fresh you know batch or something like that but it was just you know not fun so having said that moving on to untitled art so i actually came across a untitled art and barrel theory did a collaboration on a burliner called uh marion berry burliner weiss it's a 4.5 percent abv burliner and i i actually rated it a 3.5 on untapped it was a very middle of the road brew it wasn't phenomenal it wasn't terrible it was just okay it was very berry but the berryness didn't have a kick to it if that makes sense it was kind of like Ugh, I, I, I don't it's almost like it was almost like drinking a flat Hawaiian punch you know and I don't mean that flavor wise because Hawaiian punch has a lot more flavor to it but what I mean by that is just it just didn't have a lot of pop a lot of, or a lot of kick it had a very berry-esque flavor to it but there just wasn't much more it was just very mellow very yeah you know, trivial. One of the things that I noticed is that it actually had kind of a waxy flavor, almost like drinking a candle. I mean, uh, drinking a, the flavor of like, <clears throat> excuse me, almost like the flavor of like a crayon, you know, and I, come on, I, you know, I can't be the only 40 year old in the room who's ever like tasted a crayon <laughs> or a wax or anything like that. But that's, I, I got a waxiness. It was just weird. So it was not bad. You know, if it was bad, I would have rated it below a 3.0. 3.5 is okay. You know, 3.5 out of 5 would put it at like a B rating. It was not a bad beer at all. I definitely would drink it again. It was good. I would love to, to taste that particular one on tap somewhere. Um, but like I said, it would, you know, it just wasn't, it didn't blow me away. <clears throat> so then we roll into brew number five on the evening, which is Soul and Gemini batch number two from um, foreign from foreign objects this is a new england style ipa hazy is all get out 7.5 percent abv i rated this one a 4.01 untapped and it was just it was delicious you know it had a nice hoppiness to it that just it was like a nice tangy hop it had a very earthy tone to it and it kind of finished off with a cucumber almost flavor, which, yeah. But the only thing that turned me off to it is as it warmed while I was drinking it, it did go a little bit on the acidic side. So there's a little bit of hot burn, you know, stuff like that when I was drinking it. But overall, very good brew. I definitely enjoyed the, uh, I, oh, I'm going to butcher the name of this one. I believe it was Soulless and Saturn, or, you know, the, the, uh, this one is Soul and Gemini. The other one was, I want to say Soulless and Saturn, something like that. But the, uh, the, the, the one that I had previously from Foreign Objects last time was definitely slightly better. I think I rated it a 4.5 versus a 4.0 on this one. Very good brew overall. You know, I would definitely do it again. I would, if I go back to Total Wine and they have more, I will definitely pick it up. They actually had three different brews from, foreign objects this time when i went they did not have the uh soul and the solus and saturn um one they had the soul and gemini 
which was the only IPA. And then they had a couple, they had a, a blonde ale and they had a, um, a lager, which, you know, neither one appealed to me today. doesn't mean it's something I couldn't pick up down the line. So let's talk about the reason why. Oh God, I'm like, I'm ready. You know, it's, it's one of those days where I'm just like, I'm ready to just rip some assholes. And I know that sounds absolutely terrible, but you know, let me, let me dig into this, uh, fresh mosaic before this thing gets too warm and I can't drink anymore. Mm. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm getting earthy tones. I'm getting stone fruit. little bit of a hot burn acidity on the end which is probably because it's warmed up a tad bit since I opened it but um definitely a good brew overall so let me explain why I'm like flustered okay I am not all right how can I word this I am not someone who was against marijuana okay in any way shape or form as a matter of fact you know I took a couple tokes off of a off of a uh, a pen from a buddy of mine back in February when I was in Dallas and enjoyed a night out with the team with a little bit of a buzz. You know, it is what it is. I do not smoke on the regular. I do not indulge in the last time that I had anything to do with any marijuana before that. Excuse me, was probably a, a year before that where I had a. a tiny little like inch long piece of a nerd rope edible um that just completely sent me for a loop because I had never had an edible before that um and before that had been years I mean years and years and years probably 2005 since the last time I had anything to do with with uh marijuana so I'm not against it you know I I believe that there's reasons that a lot of people need it medicinally I feel like it does help to calm you down to ease anxiety stress I have I'm a big fan of CBD so I have used some CBD products that have actually helped me with my anxiety and my stress and um but CBD does not contain THC so you don't get the high effect you just get kind of the calming effect of the CBD so long story short you know my kids go to a private public school if that makes sense it's called a charter school so ultimately what it is they have to be accepted but it doesn't cost any money. So it's a federally funded private school that, um, it's, so it's called, a, it's called a charter school. It's an A rated school in terms of their academics, but this fucking school, pardon my French, the last two years have just been like a whirlwind for us. Like last year they had a male teacher who had like a relationship going on with like a 13 year old. You know, there was like some like just, molestation and all kinds of crazy shit that was going on and at the end of the day okay was it molestation if the girl was consensual nah, whatever but you can't be consensual when you're 13 and the guy's like 40 years old so it was absolutely disgusting they had some shit that went on like that last year then <clears throat> this year it has been like they've been in school for two weeks three weeks and it's already been They've had issues with people bringing these uh, jewel pens to school and vaping in class and doing shit like that. So they've had to take stuff away from like 
you know, these are like middle schoolers. This school goes from kindergarten to eighth grade. We're not talking about high school kids. We're talking about middle school and below. And these kids are already getting wrapped up in this crap. So today was like the straw that broke the camel's back. A kid came to school with a bag of Stony Patch kids, which if you're not familiar with those, which I was not until today, Stony Patch kids are basically the THC derivative of Sour Patch kids. And they're actually involved in a lawsuit right now with the makers of Sour Patch Kids because their packaging looks too much like Sour Patch Kids. So we can argue and say, okay, maybe this fifth grader. Yeah, I just said that fifth grader, a 10 or 11 year old kid today brought a package of these things to school. Now, I want to believe as positively as possible But it's really hard for me to believe that the kid didn't know what they were when he shared them with eight of his friends, okay? Had the kid come to school with a bag of Sour Patch Kids, that little motherfucker would have not wanted anybody to touch his shit, okay? He would have been like, this is my candy, don't touch it, I don't want nobody to have nothing to do with it. I don't know a kid in fifth grade right now that is that... um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Good grief. That's, you know, just would get a bag of candy and be that generous with it that he would want all his buddies to jump in and try it. So the fact that this kid was able to get eight other people to try it makes me believe that he knew that this was some type of drug or, you know, something like that. So But then you, you, as a parent, you step back and you look at this whole scenario and you're like, who are these kids' parents? Okay. Where did he get this shit from? And it's very possible that he stole it or that he got it from a brother or a cousin or who the hell knows. He could have bought it from somebody else at school. We have no idea where the bag of edible candy THC products came from, but at the end of the day, Nine kids, including this kid who brought the candy to school, ended up getting sick and ended up having to be brought to the hospital because they were um, experiencing gastric distress, you know, going through all kinds of crazy stuff because you look at something like this. Now, let me explain to you, okay? Two years ago, I had a two-inch piece of a nerd rope that the entire length, which was 13 inches was 150 milligrams of THC. So if you think about, you know, 13 inches of, of nerd rope, 150 milligrams of THC, I had about an inch and a half, maybe two inches, let's say two inches of that. I probably got 25 to 30 milligrams of THC guys. I was wasted for hours. I was miserable. I was rocking back and forth on my couch. I just wanted it to end. I was in like this, like, crazy place that I felt horrible and I just was like I felt totally out of control and I was not happy about where I was and it was an absolute miserable experience for me this bag of stony kids or stony patch kids the bag contained 350 milligrams of THC we don't know how much these kids ate We don't know if they split the bag amongst eight of them or nine of them evenly. We don't know if, you know, some ate more than others or however, whatever happened. 
But now we have nine kids who were hospitalized. The police were called. The news media was there. All kinds of crazy stuff. Because this kid ended up with a... Bringing a bag of Stony Patch kids to school. Okay? So... Given all the crap that's already gone on at the school, it has definitely made me and my wife consider, do we keep our kids here or do we start looking for alternatives or other ways to, you know, not other ways, but other schools for them to go to. But then my wife made a really valid point today and she said, you know, what, babe, she's like, there are, there's crap that goes on at every school. But a lot of times, especially in public schools, we don't hear about it as much because it's just commonplace but in a school like this that is meant to be better you're going to get more media coverage more spotlight shown on them because of what it is i'm gonna hit this uh mosaic that is absolutely delicious really enjoying that beer so i'm gonna put this out there okay There are a lot of us who are on this show or or who listen to the show that are parents. There are a lot of us out there that enjoy craft beer. You know, my kids are, and the two that I have left in the house are 10 and 12. They don't drink my beer. (laughs) They don't drink liquor that's in the cabinet above the refrigerator. I mean, above the stove. They know what it is and they know that it's adults only and they don't touch it they also understand that when they go to school they do not take anything from anybody else I don't care if they have a friend who wants to trade puddings in lunch they don't do it we've told them time and time again you do not take anything from anybody else you do not trust kids you do not put yourself in a circumstance where possibly heaven forbid they try to trade something with somebody else who's come in contact with peanuts and that kid has a peanut allergy. Now, next thing I know, the potential is that their parents could come to us and try to sue us because our kids decided to trade cookies or whatever it was at lunch. So we do not allow our kids to do anything. But the most important part of this is that I have conversations with my children. I talk to them. You know, I find out what's going on in their life. I find out what's going on at school. When things like this happen, we talk about it. You know, we're very open and honest and real with our kids because it's important for us to do that in order for our kids to stay on top of everything. Because at the end of the day, if they're little naive turds and they don't know anything, that's when shit like this happens and they're in class and somebody offers them a stony patch kid and they take it. And next thing I know, they're wasted and I have to go pick up my kid at the hospital. And now we're having conversations with the school like what the hell happened? So shit like that is just to me as a parent is infuriating. You know, if you're an absentee parent or if you're one of those parents, it's just like, I like to call them invisible parents where it's like you're, you only pay attention to work and the crazy things that you have going on in your life and you don't really pay attention to your kids. I really have two words for you, you know, wake up because your kids are going through some shit. There is all kinds of crazy stuff out there right now that kids are going through. And if you're not woke to that and not understanding what they're going through and not w- able to, to have those conversations with your children, 
your kids are the ones that are going to end up going through these situations and end in either end up in jail, dead. Who the hell knows what could possibly happen? And it's just guys like for real, you know, whoever you are, that your kid came to school with Stony Patch kids like fuck you. You're an asshole. You're an idiot. You're a moron. Like you don't you obviously do not pay attention to your kid. And that is infuriating as a parent. Like it it really makes me want to file a lawsuit against a school for putting my kid in danger even though none of my children actually ate the candy. It makes me want to file a lawsuit against them for having the possibility or potential of that happening to my kid. And it's just, you know, I'm like, God, you know, you look at, I mean, we, we did some, some shit when I was a kid, you know I mean? I remember being 15 years old and having people going and buy us like forties and mad dog 44 and mad dog 2020 and all this stuff from the, from the liquor store and, you know, getting wasted and going out in the woods and having a bonfire and doing stupid shit. I, I, you know, I get it, but we didn't have all these crazy designer drugs and all this stuff that was going on. And again, I am not someone who despises THC, marijuana, any of that stuff. But edibles are rough, dude. If you if you have not had experience with edibles, they hit you so much differently than smoking typical marijuana does. You know, I was at a point in my late teens, early 20s where I could smoke a quarter, uh, you know, an ounce of weed a day with my boys and be wasted, but be okay. Then here I am, you know, 39, 38 years old, and I eat a a two-inch piece of a nerd rope, and I was, like, absolutely miserably stoned. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize how much different stuff like that hits you than smoking does. And now with all the legalization and all the medical marijuana and whatever, there's so many different options for them to get THC, you know, from vaping and oil to edibles and all kinds of crazy stuff that's going on. And I just encourage you as parents, like if you, you know, if you have kids that are in middle school to high school, you just need to talk to them, find out what's going on, find out what's going on in their school. Don't be afraid to have that conversation with them every day when they come home and be like, Hey, how was your day? What happened at school? What's going on? What did you go through? What did you see? You know, what craziness is going on at your school? You have to have an open line of communication with your kids in order for them to trust you enough to have those difficult conversations with you. You know, my girls will come home and they just tell us stuff. We have such a good converse, uh, such a good open line of communication with them that a lot of times we don't have to ask. They just come at us with what's important. And it's just, you know, I, I just like, this is the shit that we go through. I mean, you look at life right now in the world and the United States and all the crazy shit that's going on. And I'm just like, God, you know, it just, it frustrates me. I and mean, you know, you wonder why we have such a high suicide rate, you know, so much crazy shit going on. And then you look at like, these kids are in middle school. I mean, we're talking about 10 and 11 year old kids that got sent to the hospital today for doing drugs. Yeah, I'm just, you know, and it's hard. I mean, you know, it's at 10 or 11 year old, 10 or 11 years old. 
I cared about sports. I cared about playing with my friends. I cared about video games. <laughs> I didn't care about drugs. I didn't care about what I didn't care about what other people thought at all. Like I had no desire to be cool at 10 or 11 years old. It wasn't until I got to high school when I was like 14, you know, 13, 14, 15, whatever, that I started to get that peer pressure deal where I wanted to be cool or I wanted people to like me. You know, middle school, I didn't give a shit. I didn't care. Like, who are you? What do you want from me? I am am who I am. I really didn't care. So, you know, it's just one of those things that I, I like, I look at all the stuff that's going on in life with kids and... I'm just like, dude, like, this is just ridiculous, you know, and you wonder why we have so much crazy stuff going on and you wonder why we, you know, people are getting, people are getting access to stuff so much younger now that we wonder why in their twenties and thirties, they're committing suicide and they're doing all this crazy stuff. You know, I had a conversation with somebody the other day in regards to social media and talking about how social media is literally highlight clips of your life. It's not, you know, most people don't put out the struggles and the difficulties and the things that they go through, you know, and it's, uh, so you just see highlight clips of their life. So it's very difficult for real people to look at things that people, other people put out on social media and gauge their life around that. But we tend to do that because we, we, as people compare ourselves to everybody else. So if we think that somebody else is doing better or find it more financially, um, more financially, you know, in a better financial situation than we are, whatever, we're going to think negatively of ourselves because we see that this guy, you know, we might be 30 years old and wow, but this kid's like 24 and he's like making millions already. Okay. You know, at the end of the day, just because he says it on social media doesn't mean he's doing it. And that's the reality is, you know, a lot of people are tied up in these social media accounts and what's going on. And social media is not a bad thing because it helps keep keep us connected. But it's very difficult to decipher the real from the fake. And I definitely feel like it's created a lot of gaps in society in terms of just communication overall and what people are looking for and what they want to uh, to accomplish. So. I am, aside from this, you know, another thing that, you know, I, you know, you guys know that I work for a company outside and I'm not going to name any names or anything, but I work for, you know, a company and I'm a marketing director and I have my own marketing business and do some other stuff on the side. So it's, uh, this week was kind of like a kick in the nuts for me as well. So I had all this crazy stuff going on with my kids to, to, to round out the week. And I will tell you guys with 100% certainty, I had an event that somebody was supposed to go to. And there were, there's kind of like this hierarchy of people in that my previous employer, I was the one who did it. You know, it was like A through Z was done by me. Now I'm in a situation where there's like somebody who takes care of Z and there's somebody who takes care of X and there's somebody who takes care of B and I'm A. So there's a, I don't want to say a lot of chiefs 
you know, a bunch of chiefs and not enough Indians, because that's not fair. It's almost like there's too many Indians. There's too many middle people, and there's too many too many steps to take in order to get normal, everyday things done. So, in my personal defense, you know, I had a lot of stuff going on. I had a daughter, go, daughter going away to college. I had a hurricane coming that, you know, ultimately never really hit us. But, pardon me. Ooh. So good. So I just had a lot of stuff going on the last couple of weeks. And we had this just you know small event at a really well-respected retailer. And I screwed up and did not follow through and it didn't happen. So what I mean by that is I didn't get the personnel out there that was necessary in order to make it make it happen. And I had a conversation with my boss in regards to it, and you know, was ultimately given a warning. In regards to the situation. So, and I'm not, this conversation right now is not about that. This is about just overall communication and business. So what I, you know, every company has departments, every company has, you know, sales, um, accounting, shipping, you know, whatever the case may be, you're going to have different departments. But I want to encourage you guys out there, if you have a business, if there are particular scenarios where different departments have to work together, there has to be overlapping control. And what I mean by that is, is that if you, let's say you have somebody particularly who's, who's typically in control of like purchasing, and then you have somebody who's in charge of scheduling events, there has to be an overlap of control. And what I mean by that is that that person who's in charge of scheduling events and the person who is in charge of purchasing, there needs to be a, a, a mutual respect between them that if the person who is in charge of an event needs to purchase something, they can without stepping on that other person's toes. And the reason why I tell you guys this is that it's been my personal my it's been my personal experience that with most things if my if this is not your direct responsibility it's not going to take priority regardless of the fact of whether I tell you that it's high priority or not so if I you know for instance if I have an event and I'm responsible for making sure that that event takes place everything is good done everybody's scheduled they're there the event happens then i need to be responsible and um in charge of each and every component of that event if i'm having to wait for you know johnny to purchase items for the event and provide x y and z excuse me while i'm trying to make the event happen it's only going to make my job more difficult so there has to be overlapping control in certain aspects of different departments. So if you're out there right now and you have a business, think about that. Okay. Think about the fact that if you, you know, if, if someone is going to be in charge of an event, they need to have full 100% control. They need to be able to provide all the items for that event. They need to be able to do everything that's necessary in order for that event to take place. If they have to go to somebody else, it's literally just an extra step that is a potential possibility for failure or a gap 
that creates failure and it just causes more issues. So that's just something that I kind of like put together and thought about over the last month. You know, um, what I want a lot of you guys to know, and if there's anybody out there who listens to this show who is part of and or owns or is in the craft beer scene or owns a brewery, I want you guys to understand something. I do marketing for a living. That's what I do. I have a marketing company, Forged by Fire Digital Marketing. This is my expertise. This is my specialty. This is what I do. I specialize in creating you know, new customers, bringing new customers to market, finding ways to expand your brand to new clientele. I am very good at putting together video scripts and, and putting together videos that draw people's attention as well as social media and, you know, just posting and events and things like that. So I want you guys to think about that. You know, if you are, if you've been listening to the show for a while and you're a local brewery in South Florida or anything like that, and you want some additional help with what you're doing, please feel free to reach out. You know, calling all craft beer is a hobby. It's fun. I enjoy it. I really love, you know, putting this podcast out there and being able to reach out to you guys and have an open forum for discussion and just to have a lot of fun. But in the same respect, I'm a professional person. You know, I own a business. I have the expertise to be able to really bring you guys to the next level. And right now in South Florida, I feel like our brewery scene is so far behind the times that we need, it needs a, it needs a ramp up. There's something here that's missing that is keeping us behind everybody else like California and, you know, even central, central, the central United States, for some reason we're behind and I don't know why, but I would really love the opportunity to bring, to assist some of you in bringing your brewery more to the forefront and being able to really shed some more light on what you guys do, what the brewery scene is in South Florida and what we can accomplish together as a team to really help generate more buzz and ultimately dude the idea behind marketing in general is revenue so the more revenue we can generate for you the better that all of us are going to be that's really what i'm looking forward to so it's a shameless plug i know and i've never done that before on this show i don't believe but i really 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 appreciate you guys you know I feel like I kind of rambled on today because it was just something that was really frustrating and I didn't let it get the best of me. So I didn't have a full rant. You know, there's been times when I want to like scream into the microphone and, uh, I feel like I didn't quite get there today cause I was able to calm myself down, but I just want you guys to understand and know, you know, that, you know, dude, listen to your kids, talk to your kids, have conversations. Don't be afraid to speak to them at the dinner table. Don't be afraid to ask them about their day. Don't be afraid to find out what's going on in their life. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say, don't be afraid to search their book bags. Don't be afraid to look at what's in their lunch boxes. Don't be afraid to ask them what's going on. It's okay. You know why? Because you're their parents. And there's so many people out there right now that are so afraid of circumstances and kickback and all this other crap that's going on. They're afraid to really put their foot down and be a parent. Don't be afraid to be a parent. I promise you right now, my kids are 10 and 12 years old and I will whoop their ass from here to kingdom come in a heartbeat. If they do something that deserves or is, um, you know, or is deserving of 
getting an ass whooping. And I'm not even going to, you know, I'm, I'm old school and I'm sorry. You know, I got my ass whooped as a kid. I had my mom. My mom had a wiffle ball bat that she used to whoop me with when I got out of line. And it made me who I am today because it made me realize that you can't do something, especially something you shouldn't be doing without there being a consequence. And I think a lot of kids today, they feel like there's no such thing as consequences. So they do whatever the hell they want. And the world can't be like that. We have to be able to control our kids. We have to be able to show them that when they do something they're not supposed to, there is a consequence. And the consequence can be anything from going to jail to getting an ass whooping (laughs) or being suspended or, you know, suspended from school, being punished from their phone. So many kids nowadays have cell phones at such a young age. I will promise you right now that if you take a cell phone away from your kid, they will like, that will be the end of the world to them. They will like, they'll want to die because to them, it's like, oh my God, it's the end of my world. I don't know what to do. You took my cell phone away. So do it. Just like in my time, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, video games. You know, when Nintendo came out, crap like that was going on. My mom would take it away. I was miserable. I was the guy sitting on the edge of my bed in my room, like rocking back and forth. Like, what do I do right now? Listening to my clock radio, you know, and it's it's not unlike the same. So don't be afraid to discipline your kids. There's a lot of different ways to discipline them. You don't have to whoop their asses. You can take away their cell phones, take away their video games, take away a lot of different options that they have in order to keep them accountable to making the right decisions. There's nothing wrong with holding your kids accountable. And the world we live in right now make wants to make us believe that it's horrible to hit our kids, horrible to smack them on the butt. It's horrible to, you know, make your kid eat soap if they've or not eat soap, but, you know, put soap in their mouth if they, they, they say a bad word or whatever. And this is shit that we all went through. You know, we were babies getting, you know, rum rubbed on our gums back in the day when we we were teething and it would soothe us and make us feel better. And nowadays that's like child abuse. It's ridiculous. We need to go back to the old school methods that worked and that created a positive culture and a positive adult in the end because they realized that you cannot screw around without expecting some type of a consequence. So don't be afraid to ensure that your children understand that there are consequences. Guys, I appreciate you. I love you. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And I'm going to go back to last week and just say, please, if you need me, go back to men's health and all that crazy stuff. You know, if you're suicidal, if you have anything going on in your life right now that is making you have terrible thoughts or you're, you know, potentially thinking about doing something crazy, dude, call me. I promise you that I will sit on the phone with you for two hours if need be and have a conversation, let you vent, listen to you, offer you words of wisdom, advice, encouragement, whatever I can possibly do. It is my job on this earth right now to be an encouragement and a light to others. And I just ask that you give me that opportunity especially considering you know especially if you're in you know one of those difficult situations so discipline your kids be a light to your friends don't be afraid to reach out thank you guys this has been episode 28 of calling all crap beer
I appreciate you, and we'll see you next week. Later.